Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Amen. I am so honored tonight to come before you with something that the Lord has um, placed in my heart and has placed in my heart for um, some time now. So I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity um, for him to use me. And I do declare tonight that the uh, the anointing of God will indeed take you to places that you've never been. And so I'm excited about the place that I've never been. Um, so tonight, we begin the four, a four-part series entitled The Old Nature Versus the New Nature. Now, the series is broken down into four weeks. The first week tonight, we're going to cover the conversion, the before and the after, the conversion. Next week, we're going to cover the conflict. The third week, the command. And the fourth week, the celebration. The the conversion is when the fight began. The conflict is what is this? And why is this happening? That's what we're going to try to answer. And then the command is now, how do I fight? And then finally, the celebration. Because there is going to be a celebration. In Romans chapter 7, uh, verses 24 through 25, Paul says, O wretched man am I, who shall deliver me from this body of death. And then in 25, he declares, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there is gonna be a celebration and we're gonna talk about that during the very last lesson. There are a few words that I would like for us to become familiar with because you're gonna hear them throughout the series, and then as we progress, I'm gonna add new words. Now remember, we study in the Bible, right? Amen, amen. So the terms that we're gonna look at tonight, first one is conversion. Now conversion is the act of turning from one's sin in repentance and turning to Christ in faith. The old nature is our nature prior to regeneration. Just keep that in mind, it's prior to regeneration. Regeneration by God through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring faith in Christ. Now, when you see the old nature, you will notice that the reference to it could be different in your Bible translation. Now, I'm going to be using the New American Standard Bible. 
So, but what you will see is oftentimes the old nature contextually referred to as the flesh, the outward man or the outer man, the old man or the old self. So it may look a little different in your Bible translation. Now the new nature is one's nature after regeneration. So the old nature is what our nature was prior to regeneration. After regeneration, we have a new nature. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Some other terms, regeneration. And all you have to do, all you have to remember with the word regeneration is new birth. Regeneration means new birth. Regenerate or regenerate are those who have experienced regeneration through the new birth. Through the new birth. And unregenerate would be what? Say that loud. Experience what? That's right. Those who have not experienced the new birth. That's the unregenerate person. Because those of us who have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, we were regenerate or we are regenerate. And so now let's jump into the conversion, the before and the after. Now, I thought that this was so pivotal for us before we even begin to understand the conflict between the old and the new nature. Because we have to understand what our before looked like. What our before looked like and then jump into the after. Because how many of us know that we don't oftentimes appreciate the after until we know what the before was, okay? And so let's look at the person, the unregenerate person. The unregenerate person is who? The unsaved person, okay? So let's look at the characteristics before salvation. Now, the characteristics before salvation is a person or the unbeliever possesses the old nature. Now, the old nature is also known as the sin nature. So they possess the old nature. They're unrighteous, okay? They have no regard for God. And we know that because Romans tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, that for, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God. So they knew God based on what they saw around him, around them. So they saw his invisible attributes. They saw his divine nature in creation, but they reject, they refused to to acknowledge him um, as God, even seeing all of that. They are self-focused, self-centered. Even the person's good is tainted. Even their good is tainted. Their running theme is, what is in it for me? That's their running theme. They operate entirely under 
on human wisdom entirely. They're unable to understand spiritual things. Now let's turn to 1 Corinthians 2.14. They are unable to understand spiritual things. Now what I want you to do is I know that the scripture is posted and will eventually be posted behind me. But I want us tonight, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn in your Bible with me. Whether you have a, uh, one of those gadgets <laughs> or, or whether you have a book, I want us to turn these pages because these pages will turn our lives around. Amen? And so we need to turn them. And that's 1 Corinthians 2, 14. Now remember, the unregenerate person is unable to understand spiritual things. Again, we are in the before so that we can be able to appreciate even more the after. And so 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, Did I say 1 Corinthians 2.14? Okay, I don't think that that's what, okay, I'm at the wrong place. That's 1 Corinthians 2.14. I'm sorry, that's 1 Corinthians 2.14. I was in the wrong place. So 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but a natural man, literally means unspiritual, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. And so this is the person who is unregenerate. They cannot understand the things of the spirit. And so now, excuse me. So they cannot understand the things of the spirit. Number seven, um, they are eternally separated from God. They are eternally separated from God at this point in their lives. They are eternally separated and will be, if they do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, eternally separated from God. Um, I wanna go back a little bit uh, to that natural man because understanding that the natural man is governed by his environment and he goes on natural instincts. But that should not be for the person who has been regenerated. We don't operate in the natural. We operate in the spirit. And so we don't, we're not driven by what is going on around us or influenced and affected by our environment because we are now spiritual. We are affected and influenced by the Holy Spirit not by this environment. And so now a non-believer will never know what it is like to have an intimate personal relationship with God until 
that person is converted. They will never be able to have that intimate relationship with God until they are converted. I want us to turn to John chapter 3. Remember, we're turning pages. And I'm just going to read a little bit of what Jesus said to Nicodemus about the new birth. And I'll just start reading. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I really love this. And I love this because it is a clear picture of the awesome ministry of Jesus and how he dealt with people, not only in John 3, but also when he uh, talks with the Samaritan woman in John 4. One of the things that I noticed and that we can all learn, how many of us in here are people helpers? In some kind of way, whether professionally, professionally or whether in ministry, you help people. Okay, good. Amen. This right here can teach us a whole lot in John because three and four. Because what we see here is that Jesus goes to the heart of Nicodemus' issue. He, you know, he, he, gets all, he gets past all that other stuff. And he goes right to the heart of the matter. Right to the heart of it. And so for uh, those of us who are people helpers, my prayer is that God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, that he will enable us to get to the heart of people's matter, to the heart of their issue, to the heart of their situation. Because you know how we do. Just like, that's why we can't throw no stones at Nicodemus. Because we do the same thing. We come to our pastors or we come to our ministry leaders with, we just start talking about stuff. We come to them for counsel and we all over the place. Instead of just coming out and say, I'm dealing with a spirit of lust. I'm thinking about going out and having an affair. I don't think I love my, my wife anymore or my husband anymore. And we talking about the fact that the trash man didn't come on time. <laughs> but no, for those of us who are people helpers, that God would enable us to get to the heart of the matter because it would save a whole lot of time. And for some of us, a whole lot of money a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to 
to the conversion. So we've been talking about what the characteristics of an unbeliever. And so now we want to talk about the conversion. Now, conversion, again, is the individuals turning to God. They are turning to God. There is only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. And so they're turning to God. Conversion is also the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk more about that. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, and conversion involves repentance and faith. Repentance meaning I am turning away from sin. I'm abandoning, abandoning it. It is no longer my friend or my buddy or my partner. I am abandoning it. I am turning away from it. And then faith, that's faith believing in the work of Jesus Christ. So faith is believing in the work of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, saints, this is essential for us as believers. It is essential that we believe this, that we believe in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Now, when we talk about his work, we're talking about his, and, and let me start right there because I missed something that, that, that's really good. If you're talking with someone and say, for instance, you say, on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the highest, where would you say you are as it relates to your salvation? On a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the highest, where would you say you are in relation to your salvation? If it's not a 10, you hear what I'm saying? You hear, I, you hear what I'm saying? And I'm not talking right now about the unregenerate person. I'm talking about your friend that's a believer. And they say anything other than a 10. Even if they say a 9. I don't care how long they've been what they call a professing Christian. At that moment for you, it's an evangelistic opportunity. Because if they're not sure of their salvation, then you need to lead them to Christ. Because that right there is ammunition for the devil that you do not want to give him. And uncertainty as it, as it relates to your salvation. Now, all of those in here who are uh, what we... Uh, call altar counselors, I want you to stand up for a minute. Now these are some of our altar counselors. We call them altar counselors, but they are in essence ministers of reconciliation. And so anytime they take anybody, escort them out to minister to them, you guys are not just altar counselors. 
You are ministers of reconciliation. And so every opportunity that you have, it is either to bring someone to Christ or some who, the person who is the professing believer, you need to still reconcile them back to God. Because when they come down, it's because there is something going on in their world that they don't understand. And something in their world where they need to hear from God. Something in their world that they are holding on to that is sinful. And you are the minister of reconciliation, the one who reconciles them back to God. Now, I had them also to stand, not to just to get on them. I had them to stand because if you're in this room today or tonight, and you are not sure of your salvation, do not leave here today without seeing one of these ministers of reconciliation. Because like I said, that's ammunition that you do not want to give to the devil, okay? Because he's not playing fair. So you do not want to leave here, and this is in love, without having an assurance of your salvation. Thank you, guys. And so the work of Christ, when we speak of the work of Christ, we're talking about, I added this, that's why I put a, a star next to that, because I, I think this is so essential, um, is the incarnation. Believing that Jesus Christ came in flesh. That he is God, but that he came to this earth in flesh. Philippians 2, 6 through 7, and you don't need to turn there. Jesus, it says, Jesus Christ did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. When it comes to the person and work of Christ, this is essential for us to believe as believers. Two, his death and burial essential to believe in his death and his burial. Number three, his resurrection. His resurrection. Jesus' death, or excuse me, death's inability to hold Jesus down symbolizes his victory. I'm going to say that again. Death's inability to hold Jesus down symbolizes his victory. It is important for us to know that. It is important. I heard um, um, uh, many years ago, I was talking with someone. This was years and years ago. And I was talking with someone, and she asked me a really interesting question. And she said, do you ever think that all of this is for nothing? And what she, saying, what she was saying was um, our belief in Christ, 
there being a heaven, there being a hell. She began to question that. And honestly, at that moment, I said to her, yes, because it was true at that time. That thought has, had crossed my mind. But can I tell you, this is not all for nothing. It's not all for nothing. And I say that, that if there's anyone here who is believing or thinking that, see one of these ministers of reconciliation. Because this is not all for nothing. That there is a, was a beginning to all of this, and there is an end. And as I was preparing um, for this series, the Lord brought that back to me. And he, and he said to me that your answer should be no. And it should always be no, foremost because the just live by faith. That's what we live by, is faith. And so we believe that this is real. The incarnation, the death and the burial, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this is real. And it should be real to us. And so conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus had not ascended, the Holy Spirit would not have come. And the Holy Spirit, one of his ministries is to convict the world of sin. Had Jesus not sent the Holy Spirit, we would not be here right now. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin. That's his ministry. And so the greatest sin or the greatest failure today is the person who does not accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Because that person doesn't want to admit that they're guilty. They don't want to admit that they're sinful. They will admit to other failures. They'll admit even to crimes, but will not admit that they are sinful and that they are guilty. And so conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we know that it involves repentance. And the repentance is what? The abandoning of? Right. And faith, believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Okay, now, as we're moving on, here's the scenario. Sarah has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior by confessing sin and declaring that Jesus is Lord. She believes, as it states in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his own love toward us or toward her, that yet while she was a sinner, Christ died for her. So she believes that. She also believes in the death, the incarnation, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in her believing this, what is she now? Say that loud. Don't be sick. Right, she's saved. She has had a conversion 
experience. She is now converted. All right? So now the conversion has take, taken place. And now it is really on. It is really, really, really on now. Because prior to salvation, even though she experienced problems and struggles and so forth, she don't understand that her now being converted, the fight is really on now. Uh-huh, yeah, don't be scared though, okay? Don't be scared, amen, amen. So that's why we should never give people the impression that when one is converted, that all conflicts automatically cease, okay? In one way, conversion means the resolution of the most basic conflict of life since a new center of loyalty has been established. In another sense, however, one could say that when one has been converted, the real conflict has just begun. The real conflict has just begun. And we have to understand that. But this, and I'm going to say this, even though I'm jumping ahead of myself. I heard Dr. Tony Evans say this. He said that when the devil points his gun at you, talking about all your past stuff, because he's an accuser of the brethren. All of the things that you can't do because of, and you've been giving him an ear, he's pointing his gun at you. But we have to remember that on Calvary, his bullets were taken from him. That's Dr. Tony Adams, not me that his bullets were taken from him. His authority over us as born again believers. We give him too much credit and too much authority over us. His authority was taken from him on the cross. Yes, he's the prince of this air. He has been given power, but his authority was taken from him. And so the question then is, then how do I live? I'm going to leave that there for a minute. We're going to come back. And so after regeneration, remember, I'm going to say that again. When he starts pointing his gun, his gun is empty. It is empty. But we often surrender and give him everything. It's like somebody with a real gun pointing up, you know, and it's like, I don't want to get shot here. You know what I'm saying? 
But when it comes to him, his gun is empty. His power has been broken. Hallelujah. And so after salvation, and after salvation, we are regenerate, meaning we are now experiencing the new birth. We are now experiencing the new birth. So the characteristics then, after salvation, is the person or the believer possesses a new nature. A new nature. The old one, and we'll go to the scripture in a, in a minute, it was nailed to the cross. It's dead. It was nailed to the cross. As a born-again believer, it no longer has power and authority over me. I have a new nature. I'm righteous. I'm spiritually alive. I'm able to commune with God. I'm God-focused now. I'm not self-focused or self-centered anymore. I'm God-focused. Amen. Amen. I'm God-focused. I can receive wisdom from above just by asking. And I have eternal life. The enemy no longer has authority over me. I have transferred residences. I have gone from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We got to know this, saints. I know some of this might be some stuff that you already know. But we just had to set the foundation. So now, as a born-again believer, what is now my sin capacity? Uh-huh. Now, could see as the unregenerate person, the unregenerate, unregenerate person, the fallen, is unable to not sin. They can't help it. Because all they possess is the old nature, the sin nature. So they can't help it. They do what they do. That's why your boss is unsaved. She or he is doing what they do. You have the authority. They just doing what they do. And you acting like you don't know. Falling all apart. Not going to work for two or three days because you depressed. The devil is a liar. Filled with anxiety and anxious, troubled, have headaches, back aches, your knees hurt. And a lot of that don't have nothing to do with aging. What it has to do is the authority that you're not taking. The regenerate. We're now regenerate. We've experienced a new birth. We're now redeemed. And as a result of that, we are able to not sin. 
we are able to not sin. We are able to not sin. This is where we are right now if you are born again. If you are born again, you are able to not sin. I'm able to not sin. So if I find myself in habitual situations, cycles of sin, that's what we're going to talk about next week. But we're going to keep going. So, um, if body would come, if soul would come, and if spirit would come. Okay, hold your sign up. Hold your sign up. Good. Come on over this way. Okay. Now, we are tripartite beings, meaning humans, that we have three components to us. Now, we're not three people, okay? Let me say, we are not three people. Our composition is body, soul, and spirit. Body, a.k.a. flesh. So body, soul, and spirit. When this is what the unregenerate person looks like. Spirit, you move over for a minute. You move over, spirit. Because, see, the, the unregenerate person, spirit is dead. The spirit is dead. So the unregenerate individual or person, their body, their soul, now they are spirit, but right now, these two components are dominant, and they feed off of each other. Remember, this is the unregenerate person. They feed off of each other. So the soul, the uh, emotions, the appetite, the passion, um, and some more stuff. The soul, okay? So the soul, step forward, soul. So the soul says one day, I'm feeling sad. Body steps up and say, what you want to do? Because, see, the body is game. And the body's going to carry out what the soul's appetite is. Okay? But this is not where we are anymore, right? This is not where we are anymore, right? Right. So, soul says, I'm depressed. And body says, okay, uh, let's call so-and-so because they always seem to make you happy. Uh-huh. 
And so we know what's going to happen when so-and-so and so-and-so get together. Okay? Because there is nothing that's, that with any type of ration is governing them. They're both off the chain. <laughs> but now, come on spirit, but now for the regenerate person, the spirit man is now alive. So the spirit man is now able to commune with God. Where before when it was dead, it couldn't. And so now that the spirit man is communing with God, because see, let me step back for a minute. Because when the spirit was dead, you can move over spirit. When the spirit was dead, the component here is out of order. It's out of order. Because God never created us to be separated from him, to be out of communion with him. So this is disorder. This is chaotic. It's chaos. When the spirit, the new alive spirit comes in, there is now order. Because this is the way that it was originally intended to be. Man being in communion with God. So now, come up a little bit, spirit. So now, when the soul, because I'm going to tell you, um, this right here, step out a little bit. This right here is thirsty. And know how I know that? Because David, the psalmist said that as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs after you. So the soul is thirsty. And the only thing that is going to quench the soul is a renewed spirit. A spirit that is now in communion with God. So if your soul is thirsty... We got to back up a little bit. Now I know, and I want to get ahead of myself, that this walk is a process. But these are things that we need to get down in our spirit. And so the soul is thirsty. And the only thing that is going to be able to quench it is to be in right relationship with God. And so the spirit now is renewed. So when the soul says that I'm depressed or that I'm sad, the spirit can say, hope thou in God. Because the spirit is in communion with God. So now the spirit is what is in control, not the soul and not the body. They have to now surrender their authority to the renewed spirit. 
And so when the soul starts talking about again that it's depressed and the body say what you want to do and call so-and-so and all of this and whatever, the spirit said, uh-uh. Because all things are not lawful for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it is the renewed spirit that we now have as believers. Thank you, guys. And so as we begin to prepare um, to wind down and to close, as a renewed person, a person who has experienced the new birth, now the power of sin has been broken off of my life. And let's look real quick at um, 1 Corinthians 15.22. So that's 1 Corinthians 15.22. 1 Corinthians 15.22. And it reads... For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits after those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers up the kingdom to God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. Our spirit as a renewed person, has now been made alive through Jesus Christ, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We are now made alive in Christ. We have a new nature. We have a new disposition now. Things are no longer the same for us. They're no longer the same. So what does this mean? What does this mean? So if the old nature is dead, why am I still contending with it? Why am I still dealing with sin issues? if it's dead, Minister Sophia, and I have this new nature. Why am I still contending with it? Why do I struggle with sin, habits, and bad behavior? Why do I sin even though I really don't want to? And those are all good questions. And I had a, a, something up here on the board, but I think what I'm gonna do is um, I'm going to write it up and, and, and try to get it up on the screen. So, what will I live today and in the days to come? What will I live today and in the days to come receiving 
the information that I received tonight. Because when it really gets down to it, that's what it's all about. It's about me living what I now know. So what will I do today and in the days to come? I will live in my new reality. Because this is our reality as believers, that we now have a new nature. So I will live in my new reality because of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, understanding that the power of sin has been broken and that I have a new nature in Christ. The power of sin, meaning its influence and its power and authority over me, has been broken on the cross. It's broken. Therefore, I have the capacity to not sin. Therefore, I have the capacity to not sin. So as a result of that, what area can we apply this truth to in our lives this week? What area can we apply this truth to in our lives this week? week and I, I can't answer that for you I can only answer that for myself how am I going to apply this in my life one thing I'm determined to do is when situations and circumstances come my way I really know now what it means to plead the blood of Jesus that I'm not now just saying this because I didn't heard it all my 51 years. I know now what it really means for me to plead his blood over my situation because his blood is what changed everything for me. So I can do that. And so if you would stand, so next week, we are going to answer, or at least attempt to answer, why do I sin even though I really don't want to? Why do I sin even though I really don't want to? And as we close tonight, I wanted to give opportunity for, or if there's anyone here who has not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you may have come here and you may have been coming here for a while and, and, and you are seeking. But can I tell you the secret to salvation is that in your mind, you consider yourself a seeker, but it's God who has been seeking after you. And so you are here because God has been seeking after you. Because remember, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that convicts men of sin 
righteousness, and judgment. So you're not here by just happenstance. It's been divinely directed and orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. And so now it's time to listen. Because you know what happens after a while? And it's not just for the unbeliever, but it's for the believer too. Is that after a while, and I'll give you an example. Now, I can get up at 10 o'clock at night knowing that there's a piece of something in the refrigerator that I can snack on. And the Holy Spirit is saying to me, Sophia, no, you're not hungry. So what are you feeding? What are you feeding? But see, after a while of me just going and getting it anyway, my ear can become deaf and deadened to his voice. It's not because he's tired of, but it's because it's the position that I put him in. And so if you keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, come. And you keep closing that ear, after a while, it's going to be too late. And I know we don't like to hear that in this day and time. But it will be one day too late. And so if you are here and you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you know the Spirit of God has been touching you and pulling on you, just raise your hand. We're not out here, here to embarrass. We all had to come that way. Every last one of us that are saved. So if you're here tonight, just raise your hand. One of our ministers of reconciliation will come right to you. Don't let the enemy keep pointing his gun at you because for the unbeliever, his gun is loaded. It's loaded. And what he wants is your eternal soul, your soul eternally. So we're going to close. Heavenly Father, now, it's only too late when you leave here and get in your car and go. But even after I close in prayer, you can still come. I'll meet you down there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you, O oh God, for your word. We thank you for what you did for us in sending your son, Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We didn't deserve it, but you loved us so much that you did it anyway. And we are so grateful to you, God. We are so grateful to you. 
So, Father, we just ask that as we leave here, God, we pray for your mercy, God, upon us. We do pray for those individuals, God, who are not certain of their salvation or who are not saved. So we thank you, God, for this uh, yet another opportunity um, for them to come. We thank you that you love them with an everlasting love because Christ came for sinners. And that's what we were, and that's what some of us are. And so we thank you for salvation. We pray over the tithe offering and the building fund. We thank you, O oh God, that you continue, O oh God, to um, provide us with, with way and means, O oh God, in which we can give back to you, O oh God. So we're, we're grateful for that. T receive it, God, as a sweet offering unto you, O oh God. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.